Hey friend, I am in 1 Samuel chapter 16. I'd love for you to join me if you would. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Grab your Bible, maybe open up the Bible app on your phone and join me. 1 Samuel chapter 16. The theme for this week is you need to think big. And I'm thinking that I might need to think bigger than one week for this series. It was supposed to be just five short sections Monday through Friday this week, but we haven't even really gotten to the meat of what I'd like to talk about. And I'd like to revisit a little bit of what we talked about yesterday. First Samuel chapter number 16, begin reading with me in verse number one. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Samuel hear of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee, and say, I I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do, and thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves, and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons, and called them to the sacrifice. Verse number 6 is where our thought began yesterday, and we continue today. And it came to pass, when they were come, that he looked on Eliab. You know, sometimes we can get ourselves into trouble when we trust what we see. Because what did Samuel see? He probably saw a well-built young man, the oldest son of Jesse, a man who was probably regarded as a fierce warrior, someone who Samuel thought, ah, that guy could be king of our nation. But what happened, verse number six, came to pass, and when they were come, that he, meaning Samuel, looked on Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. He thought, we've got it. We found him. We're one for one. Jesse, the, God said that the next king of Israel would be from Jesse's son. I'm looking at him right here. This guy, I'm drafting him first overall. We're taking this guy. He's going to be a great king. You know what? He was wrong, drastically wrong, as we'll find out later. But verse number seven, the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. The Lord didn't just say, I've selected somebody else. No, no. He said, I've refused him. That guy will not work. Furthermore, I don't want him anywhere near the monarchy of my people. I refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab, verse 8, made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made Shammah to pass by. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, the Lord hath not chosen these. Now, yesterday we got into the weeds a little bit, but I think it's something that was pressing on my heart, something I think the Lord had for us. And I'm going to continue that thought. Why is it that so many people are so disgusted, upset, irritated, and discontented 
with the way that God has made them. You know, a part of me wonders if the, and I'll be tactful in how I approach this, but the gender dysmorphia thing that the world is struggling with right now, the trans issue, part of me wonders if people are so distraught by who they are because they don't know the God that created them. We are so anxious to change ourselves. And I'm not just talking in a physical way, though we'll get to that in just a moment, but we're so dissatisfied with everything about ourselves, emotionally, mentally. We we wish we were smarter. We wish we were more stoic. We wish we had more to offer, so-called. We wish we were more beautiful, more handsome. Could I be transparent with you for just a little while today? I recall as a younger boy, I was, uh, when I went to the doctor, my parents, you know, those checkups and all those different types of things. And, you know, you stand on the scale and they tell you what you weigh and then they uh, get your height and all those things. I was always, always, always in the 99th percentile for both height and weight. But for my height, I was probably in like the 99.1 percentile, 99.2 percentile. For my weight though, when I was a boy, a young teenager, I was probably in the 99.9th percentile. My parents, we would go to the store and they'll, they'll probably listen to this here. We've talked about this in the past and really kind of reminisced or joked about it, but my parents would take me, we'd go to the store and I couldn't really buy the normal pants, the normal jeans, if you will. I had to buy the Husky. I don't know if they have that anymore, but you remember what I'm talking about? I don't know if it was a Wrangler or if it was a Walmart brand or what it was, but the title was Husky. It definitely wasn't like a straight cut, a boot cut, anything like that. It was Husky. And I, my mom told me that I was Husky, which after looking, and I believed her for years you know, until I saw some pictures of myself some years later of myself as a child. I said, mom, I used a different word than husky. I said, mom, I wasn't husky. You lied to me. You told me I was husky. And I'm looking at this picture right here and maybe the camera's adding 10 pounds, but I still have more than 10 pounds that I could lose. I could have lost in this picture here. Now understand I am not the paragon of virtue when it comes to health and wellness and exercising and all those things. I must be much better about it. But I was a little self-conscious about it for a time. I looked at that guy in the mirror and thought, I'm not as svelte. I'm not as uh, suave as some of the other kids around here. I was always athletic, always enjoyed those things. We lived in Germany for four years. We played a lot of soccer or football. Uh, we played all kinds of sports. We played American football, baseball, basketball, you name it. We were outside with the kids all the time. We were running and running and running, had boundless, endless energy. So it wasn't like I was just sitting there uh, in a morbid state doing absolutely nothing with my life. But still, there was times when I was thinking, I, I don't think I look as good as some of the other kids on the block. I don't think about my face is a, a little, a little, a lot fuller than some of the other kids. And of course, there's the snide remarks. There's the uh, foolish things that kids will say amongst themselves, sometimes hurtful. 
Now, again, it helped. I was athletic, so it wasn't like I was in a position where uh, I couldn't uh, defend for myself and all those things. But still, as I looked at myself in the mirror, you have those doubts that creep in, right? And I, I would hazard to guess, actually I'm sure, that there are some listening. And I'm not even just talking to the young people, though I'm talking to you as well. And I, my prayer is that you get a handle on this now before you go the rest of your life thinking this. But I'd like to remind you that you... Yes, you. I can't be any more clear about the fact that I'm talking to you right now. You are, according to the Bible, fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what God says. That's what his book says. That's you. I am so glad to know that the way that I am, God put my pieces together. God put me. He formed me We look at Jeremiah and we realize that the Bible says in Jeremiah that before he formed me in my mother's womb, he knew me. He loved me. What an amazing thought that even if I, and thankfully I'm not in this position, but even if I found myself bereft and completely listless without any friends or family in the world that care for me, God cares for me and God doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks on the heart. We have such artificial standards for beauty these days. And I know that I'm dwelling on this maybe longer than than would be the norm for me. But can I ask you a question? Between Satan, the father of lies, and God, who do you think it is that wants you to hate yourself? Of those two, who do you think it is that would rather you be disturbed by what you see in the mirror? Who is it that would like nothing more than for you to be dissatisfied and want to change the creation, the amazing creation that you see in the mirror right now? Why would you let that rascal, of course, we're talking about the devil. Why would you let that rascal, first of all, start a fight like that, but worse, win a fight like that? Bible talks about the devil, father of lies, seeking whom he may devour. You see, he doesn't care what bait he needs to distract you. He'll supply it. Maybe there are some that think of themselves more highly than they ought to think, and they think they're just the most beautiful thing on God's green earth, and maybe that's going to be their downfall. But I would guess that there are more listening right now that think they're unlovely, They're unworthy. They don't matter. I mentioned yesterday that this is not some kind of, you know, change your mindset, change your worldview, change your life, think yourself into a better position in life. No, no, no. I'm just reminding you that God loves you and God made you. Is it biblically true that there are men being born into women's bodies and vice versa? Well, the Bible answer is no. And again, I told you yesterday, my desire on this program is not to kick over hornet's nests or anything of that nature. But I want to remind you that small allowances for the devil's lies lead to massive consequences, not just in your lives, but in others. May I be blunt? If there is one listening today that is revolted by what they see in the mirror, If there is one listening today that thinks maybe someone will love me more if I just stop eating or even bring back up that which I've eaten 
to retain some sort of slenderness or fake sense of beauty. If there is one listening today that maybe has been hurt by others, hurt by someone that should have been more caring, then let's refer to 1 Samuel 16, 6 and verse 7. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. You say, Micah, you have spent now 12 and a half minutes talking to me about how God made me and I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and all of these things get on to something else. Well, I've got to ask you, have you got the point yet? I hope you realize God loves you even if you don't love yourself. Hope you have a great day for his glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.